0: All of those scripture passages that we just heard happen to be written about or to or connected with people who are in trouble. So the first reading is from the Old Testament prophet Baruch. It's written in the first century before Christ when our Jewish ancestors are in the midst of a series of wars with the Seleucid kings, and it's set in the sixth century before Christ, at the time of the Babylonian exile, when mass numbers of Jewish people are deported from Judah to Babylonia for almost 50 years. Huge trouble. The psalm that we just sang is set in the midst of that completely troubling Babylonian exile. The Gospel reading that we just heard from the third chapter of Luke is about the beginning of the ministry of John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, who prepares people for the coming of the adult Jesus into their lives. It's a pretty funky thing if you were listening to that. For some reason, the authors of the Gospel write the details of leaders, mostly government leaders but also Jewish leaders, at the time that this takes place. They're pretty lousy leaders, the Roman Emperor whose forces occupy Palestine. Very brutal people, very troubling time. Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea, through the power behind Jesus' crucifixion. King Herod, a really, hopefully you remember this, extraordinarily twisted, perverted person, who opposes Jesus, he's involved in Jesus' prosecution, and he has John the Baptist, ultimately he has his head chopped off in a kind of drunken, again, really perverted evil entertainment. Two other petty rulers, the two Jewish leaders who are among the Jewish leaders who end up opposing Jesus and leading to his crucifixion. So trouble, 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 trouble. And even the second reading we heard from St. Paul, when he writes that letter, he's in prison. His life is under threat. And he's writing to the early Christian community in Philippi, which is in northeastern Greece. The Philippians are in big trouble. They're feeling a lot of antagonism from their fellow citizens. They're kind of coming apart as a faith community. They're very selfish people who are supposed to be living as Christians. Trouble, 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 trouble. If you are living in a trouble-free life right now, that's wonderful. No one's supposed to be looking for trouble, but most of us really are experiencing a lot of trouble. Those people are people of faith in all those readings. They're people who do believe in God. They're people who have experienced that God is in their lives, that God loves them, that God actually acts in them, but they know that they need more God because the troubles of the world, the troubles of their lives are really, really significant If you right now are experiencing a lot or a little trouble in your life, that's reality. And to repeat, if right now you've got a trouble-free existence, this world is really a mess. I hope we get this. I mean, it is really troubled right now. This country is deeply troubled. In more reasons than we can list, our city is perpetually troubled. So the proposition for us right now in 2021, on December, what is today's date? Fifth. Fifth? let's say it's the fifth, yes, the fifth, is the Christmas season of grace is just a few weeks away. This is not just a faith tradition in people's heads. It's an experience for real that many of us have had year after year. God owns time, as we talked about last week. You can depend absolutely that beginning on the 25th of December for a couple of weeks, God is once again gonna offer this troubled world the real grace through which his son somehow wants to be reborn in us and reborn in this world. Very mysterious, absolutely unpredictable in terms of the details, but completely dependable. A season of grace for the rebirth of Jesus in this troubled world is soon to begin. Advent is the spiritual preparation for the coming of that grace. I'm really happy that so many of you have been living the first week of Advent, and now we're going to begin the second. So there's a really easy, experience has shown, spiritual exercise that can come from those readings. Many of you have done this in the past. If it's new to you, it's great because it's really, really graspable. It's based on Isaiah 40, which is repeated by Baruch in that first reading, and it's exactly what John the Baptist tells people who are preparing for the coming of the adult Jesus into their lives. Just take this straight and do it. I promise you I will be doing it all week, and I hope for the rest of Advent. So here is the image with which you begin. You don't have to be a mystic on this, and it's just the beginning image. Envision the desert for miles and miles and miles, and it's a clear desert. Off in the distance, a person wants to come to me. I'm here, and the person is way out there in the desert. There is a straight road. This church is really helpful for this. There is a straight road, clear desert, unencumbered road between that person and me. Because of that straight road, that person can maximally, efficiently, quickly come directly to me. If this road is winding, it's going to be a lot more complicated And it's going to take a lot more effort and time for that person to make it to me. If there is a huge valley, again, envision the desert, a really big valley, and that person has to travel into the valley and across the valley and up out of the valley to get to me, it's going to be a lot more complicated. If there is a mountain or if there are hills involved in here, that person, and you can envision this person walking or in a vehicle, whatever you like, it's going to be a lot more complicated for that person to come to me. And if the road is rough, this is where a vehicle actually could help in your envisioning this. If the road is rough, it's going to take a lot more for that person to get to me. So Isaiah says, Baruch says, John the Baptist says, this is about God. God wants to get to you. And you need to prepare the way for God to come to you. Every valley needs to be filled in. Every mountain and hill needs to be laid low. Every winding road needs to be made straight. Every rough area needs to be made smooth. Prepare the way of the Lord. And if you do this, all flesh will see the salvation of God. So what does this possibly mean? It's pretty straightforward. God wants to come to us, and God wants to come to us for real through the grace of the Christmas season. God never forces himself on anybody. We're entirely free to be open to God's grace or to be very close to God's grace. The fact is that most of us do things to make it much more complicated for God who wants to come to us, to come to us. Because we're free, God does not just take this away. So I know a lot of us have been doing this in the first week of Lent, hopefully, Lent, of Advent. Hopefully there was a lot less carousing and drunkenness and focus on anxiety during the past week. A lot of us have recognized in the ways that I sin, in the ways that I waste my time, in the relationships that I choose that really are bad, I block God's coming to me. All of us are supposed to be in communion with God all the time. All of us can be in communion with God. And all of us choose to live in ways that make it much more winding and mountains and hills and valleys. You get this, yes? So hopefully in the past week, we've started during Advent to try to reform our lives to make straight the path for God. Here's what I ask you to add to it this week. And many of you have done this in the past. I certainly have. This is just such a useful spiritual exercise. Honestly, this week, consider the ways that you, I mean you, Mary Ellen, that you are a valley, a mountain and hill, a winding road, a rough road for God to come into the lives of the people around you. In theory, All of us are supposed to be loving one another. We're supposed to be instruments that consciously assist in God's coming into other people's lives. All of us can live that way, and most of us don't, to one extent or another. Some of you, when you try this exercise, I think you're going to come up with nothing, because I think some of you are really holy people. But I'm not nearly as holy as I should be. The fact is that I in my misbehavior, in my bad example, in my sinfulness, in my nastiness, in my annoyance, I make people's lives much more spiritually complicated than they need to be. The truth is that I choose to live in ways that really make the way for God to come into other people's lives much more winding and hills and mountains and valleys and rough, and I should not do this. An Advent exercise beginning this week is to try to be honest about this. You know, if I ask the people closest to me in life separately to write a list of these are the ways that Father Paul is an impediment in your life for God to get to you, they have a list. And the lists are pretty similar. At some point in maturity, I should know that list. I should be honest about that list. And that can be 12 years old. Sometimes people are 82 and they don't know this list. We're all meant to know the list. So this is what I invite you to do. This week, make a list. Don't show it to anyone but God. Put it in the hidden area of your phone. Put it somewhere that your mother can't find it. Start the list. Begin with the people closest to you. Your spouse, your parents, your children, your co-workers, people who are with you in school. Start the list. This person... This is the way that I block God's getting maximally into this person's life. Be very specific on this list. Do not show this to anyone. Be very specific. And then add to the list what you can do to change. And ideally, do it. Prepare the way of the Lord. That's living Advent. God bless you. That is living Advent. You are unlikely to reform your entire life in this first week of Advent. This is the beginning of the list. Build this list, if you can be honest, throughout Advent. If you create this list, you will have potentially an astonishing gift list for people in your life for Christmas. If you make the choice to address this, this could be more valuable in the life of the people around you than any material gift you give people for Christmas. If you build this list and you bring this list to confession before Christmas, boy, that is preparing the way for the Lord. If you build this list honestly, you will have a potential Christmas list for Jesus. We're all supposed to give him gifts. When he renews himself in us, this could be the most valuable list. And if you can just, I think you can get this. If I can get it, you can get it. If you make this list, the ways that you are a valley, a mountain, an unnecessarily winding road, a rough road in other people's lives for God's getting directly to them, you will have the best Christmas list for yourself. Thank you for listening. To learn more and to get involved, Go to saintpatrickparish.com.